Hi friends, Help Me Be Me is advertising free and takes hundreds of hours to create. If you get anything out of the work I do or it improves your life, consider a monthly donation. Visit patreon.com slash or head to helpmebeme.com and click donate. Thank you. Hi friends, it's Sarah May. This is a podcast episode. It's a little power-up. I'm calling it Invisible Wall. Why can't I change? And why can't I reach my goal? So this is for anybody who wants a change and has wanted it for a really long time, but you just don't seem to get there, and you've pretty much accepted it or given up hope. I'm addressing anybody who wants any number of changes. Maybe you want to be healthier, you want to find love, you want a different job, whatever it is. You want something badly, but you've all but accepted that it's just not going to happen. There are too many obstacles, and while you want this thing, you've been living without it for a very long time, and you've tried your best, and that's the fate you've been dealt. So I want to propose a theory, and I am coming from a good place, so I'll just ask you to attempt to believe what I'm saying is true for you, just for the sake of openness. So treat it like an exercise. In other words, try it on as if it were true as your first stance. And don't allow your defensive reflexes to stop you. Because I have those too. We all do. That voice that says, false, this doesn't relate to me at all. That's not true in my case. Okay, so here goes the theory. I believe that part of the invisible wall that blocks you from success isn't laziness or purely the difficulty of the goal. I believe it's ambivalence, an inner conflict inside you that is simultaneously wanting this thing, but also not wanting it. Because ambivalence creates a holding pattern, and you are static at this point because you have strong feelings in opposing directions. And the reason I think that this is true, and it's important enough to do a podcast about, is ambivalence is usually very hidden. And most people will have completely no awareness that it exists. Like you won't be able to feel it. And so it takes kind of stopping and looking for it and questioning it to find it. So for example, a lot of people have a fear of success. And that's an unconscious fear. But it will prevent them from going all in on a professional pursuit. So a part of them that they cannot see is keeping them from trying everything. Because it's in this place of trying that they can have the dream and feel safe from the pain of failure. You can always try and never actually feel the pain of completely investing yourself in the outcome. It's just a lot easier that way. So you're still, you have this dream alive, but you also don't have to have that pain of falling down if you don't get there. It's also... When people have a fear that they unconsciously um, have about the actual goal. So sometimes you'll be afraid of reaching the outcome itself. Like you, a part of you doesn't want to win. Like that'll mean all of this other change has to take place. And maybe there's a large part of you that doesn't want all of that change. So if there's something you're afraid to lose or something you're some part of the success that scares you or threatens your relationships or will require another part of you get lost, 
all of these can be things that, unseen to us, guide our decision-making by making us inactive in some way. So these are these fearful feelings that don't allow you to put both feet in. It doesn't mean that you won't be trying very, very hard. It just means there's some part of you that hasn't jumped all the way towards this goal. The reason I recorded this for you is I want you to have the opportunity to look inward and see all of the feelings you have and honor them and accept that they exist for you. They're not good or bad. They just are. So depending on your culture, different goals are thought of as positive or negative, and you can rationalize everything in your life to be good or bad or not enough or should be different, but don't get caught up in the punishing of yourself for what you are or are not. This is all about becoming conscious in your feelings and then making conscious decisions as a result of that and letting go of the analysis or the judgment of the feelings themselves. So if you're thinking, no, that's not me. I am not ambivalent. I'm just too lazy to go for my dream. If you can't seem to motivate yourself and you feel like you can't achieve your goal because it's too hard, I have another theory for you that I would like to propose. A lot of the time, our lazy habits are actually alibis for other emotions. Being lazy is a coping skill for certain personality types to manage fear and also bury pain. Some people deal with stress or fear or with anger and fire, like they will explode if something overwhelms them or upsets them. Other people will disassociate and kind of disconnect and almost intentionally act, cause themselves to feel confused and lost and vague and disconnected. That's another coping skill. So there's a very good chance that your, quote, laziness is actually veiled fear or veiled pain. So it's to hide and self-protect from something outside of you or something inside of you. Another theory is that you are depressed. If you feel like you are lazy and listless, this is one way to describe the feeling of depression. And if you don't have like a very good or, or blaring reason to be depressed, you probably are convinced that you're not. Because often you can't identify the emotion uh, because you're trying to analyze it rationally. So depression shows up for all sorts of reasons, and it can be something purely chemical, like you've been using too many downers or you're not getting enough sunlight or enough exercise. Or you could have a food allergy. So it could be something that has no tie to anything outside of just the chemicals themselves. It can also be hidden, something so deep inside of you that it's invisible to your conscious brain. Like it's just kind of seeping into your being like a leak at the bottom of an oil tanker. So, For example, isolation can be a trigger for a toxic state of depression that you might not even realize you have. If you have like a holiday that reminds you of something bad, like it can kind of activate this old set of emotions and alter your baseline unbeknownst to you and the rest of your brain. So to you, it might just feel like your unfettered view of the world. You might just perceive your life to be gray and not realize that there's some other thing acting inside of you. So you might just feel like I'm just a lazy person and I don't have motivation to do Lots of things, but maybe that's actually coming from a problem that 
you can solve. It's something that's controlling you inside of you that you don't realize is at play. So my theories might not be true for you at all, but I want to invite you to self-examine. Why? Because once you are aware of the emotions and feelings that motivate your actions, you can make a conscious choice versus be unconsciously guided by them. And all the while feeling bad about yourself for not doing better. When we don't take the appropriate actions toward an outcome, like when we don't actively work toward a goal and go all in, there's something unconscious that's holding you back. Something else is operating inside of you, motivated by an emotion. So these invisible strings are holding you from pursuing completely this outcome. Because if, if not, then you would be going for it like there's no tomorrow. Like there would be no, nothing in you that's not trying everything. So instead of believing that it's your fault or that you're lazy, just consider that you are afraid of something. You're afraid of being vulnerable, of change being impossible, afraid of failing. Part of you is tentative. And that tentative feeling is evoking an overreaction, an overestimation of what suffering you might endure if you go for it. So I want you to look at this possibility in yourself. Just consider the potential. Because once you see it for what it is, like this fear that is irrational, then you can own it, acknowledge it, call it out into the daylight, and you get to decide what you want to do despite that feeling. It also takes the power away from that feeling to guide you. It'll just exist, and it'll be what it'll be, and it doesn't have to control the decision you will make with your life. It won't control your actions. Like, you can literally decide to act despite it and just kind of own that it's there and go for it regardless. Because you'll see that it's just a fear. It, it's not allowed to change your actions. It can coexist with an opposite action. For example, trying to have a baby or deciding to have a baby is fucking terrifying. But if I want that, I get to choose to do it despite all of my overwhelming fears. There are so many opposing emotions related to that, for me in particular. But I can still choose, despite all of that, to commit to a decision and acknowledge that I'm still going to have the fears, but that's just what you're going to do. It's, you get to cho choose despite all the other stuff. So we can all examine our fears and own them, and then we can actively pursue our goals and our dreams while kind of keeping those fears in their own little cage to the side. So there's that useless voice, the stupid monkey, chatters away about why you're not going to do this thing well enough or why you shouldn't try or why it's, you know, just not in the cards or blah, blah, blah. It's like, don't let those things control you without you knowing it. Like, you get to decide despite those things. So the moral behind everything I have presented today is approach your choices in life from an active position. Try to make all of your decisions consciously versus just the passive avoidant way of making decisions. So whether or not you take action toward your goal, you are making a decision. One decision happens to be conscious and active. The other just happens to be a decision by choosing not to look at, at the problem. It's just avoiding taking action. Both of those things, though, are actual decisions. You just, one is not doing anything at all, and one is you actively making a choice and acting on that choice.
There's no such thing as a correct answer when it comes to your life. You're always going to have plenty of good reasons not to do something and plenty of good reasons to do something. So let go of the divining rod and just make a choice. Accept the fact that consequences are unknown and embrace that that is what life is. It's better to make a decision than to not. Before I close, I want to thank everyone for their monthly donations. It's so fucking awesome. (laughs) And I want to thank my latest sponsor, Nicola. You just became a monthly sponsor, and I'm so thankful. And I'm working on an episode just for you, so stand by for that. So the reason I want to do this podcast episode, the reason I want you to identify the two opposing feelings that might be inside of you, at any given time, is so that you can make a conscious decision, so that you can look at your truth and say to yourself, I choose to take this action, or say, I choose not to take this action. The difference is that you can release yourself from the job of lamenting what's wrong with your life or what's wrong with the way you're living it. And whatever you do, stand stand behind the course of action you have to take. And whatever you want, that's okay. It doesn't have to be everything supporting a decision. When it comes down to it, in your life, there is no correct answer. It all comes down to, this is the ride. You can only go on it once. There are pros and cons to pursuing your goal and to not pursuing it. Whatever you do, make a choice and stand by it and accept that you're never going to be sure of anything. It all comes down to this one ticket. What do you want to experience on this ride? I hope uh, you enjoyed this. Smile. Smile.